0: Mother's Day is always uh, somewhat difficult for me to preach. Um, and not only the seasonal thing is a repetition of the same thing, but I hate to give um, kind of messages. It's typically on Mother's Day, uh, traditionally it's Proverbs 31 is, uh, is preached. And if you look at 30, Proverbs 30, 31, it, it is just an incredible list. And I'll, I'll do exposition on that sometime in the future. But instead of encouragement, that becomes more, oh, overwhelming. Not only guilt, but it's, it's an unachievable goal sometimes. And I, I looked at my preaching schedule and notes, sermon notes, and in the past, uh, already, several years ago, honoring moms. Of course, we could apply that every every year and every day. So I thought, it's been a while, so we need, we need to do a special message on Mother's Day. And I thought, initially, I, my approach was to honor moms. As I thought more about it, I thought, I thought it's important to restore the high calling of motherhood, Christian motherhood. Uh, what does scripture say? The, the changing world says so much different things. So in that sense, there are three uh, things that I'd like to say as a uh, prelude. Number one, uh, it applies to every one of us. It's not because uh, okay i 'm not mom, I could tune out. Uh, no, actually, the whole uh, structure of a family at the basic unit of it, even in our church, uh, honoring, revering, restoring motherhood, takes man and woman, not just the uh, men and not only that no, second, secondly, if you 're not mother and if you have the reason for not so happy, so maybe your mom passed away already, and there's a sense of dark moments, and actually, and this is the, the moments that we could find pathway to God's love, not just a, a human love of mother as well. And thirdly, restoring the motherhood, calling it takes entire church, it takes a village. And our church concept is um, one of the greatest joy I have is I have become an uncle to many children. Well, I love it when our kids and youth call me, uh, some kids call me Pastor Paul, some, a lot, most of the kids call me Uncle Paul. Which means we are God's family who are supporting each other's parenthood for godly, their godliness as well. So we are uh, thankful for scripture and scripture guidance. Uh, And then some of you invited your your moms, and we're honored to have you uh, moms. And let's go to God as we begin. Gracious God, our Father, I thank you that you have given us a mother, I just vivid real-life example of what God's love might look like, especially when everything's failing around us. So we pray that as we look to your scripture, would you reveal the universal principle? not just traditional, cultural things, so that, you, so that even in our day, today's world, in 21st century, that we would see the high calling of motherhood that you designed from the beginning of this universe. And we pray that you will, your Holy Spirit will speak to not only mothers in our midst, but all of us as the family of God in restoring the high calling of motherhood. We seek your glory as our supreme concern throughout the hour, in Jesus' name, amen. A mother's high calling, is it really true? The scripture seems to be very clear on that, but in our culture, because things are changing so much, there are questions come up. I could list so many, but I decide to focus on these three. The first question comes up is this, is it a burden or a sacrifice imposed by patriarchal male-dominant society. You bear children, stay home. That's your job. When you think about God and think, to think rightly about God is the beginning of a true spirituality. So where is maleness come from? And where did femaleness, femininity come from? Um, the true good example for example, when you think about character, who is the role model example to follow, what character do you sh- should you look to? So when you think about that, for not only for man, for also woman, it is Jesus. The fallen nature of of our uh, maleness and femaleness produced all these depravity, the symptoms of our sin. But if you gather all the strength, it's the source of the all goodness is from God, and we don't have to get into this uh, the concept of. The gender-neutral things, a new new uh, thing in this day, day and age, and then we don't have to think about God the mother and God, the, as well as God the father. The scripture is clear, God is, doesn't have a gender, but when you think about it, it is a burden or sacrifice, it comes from the depravity of human society, not from God. But motherhood is designed by God. So when you think about motherhood, we should think about it as God-given privilege and responsibility. Furthermore, the second question that comes up, is it a hindrance to a woman's career advancement or self-actualization? You know the funny thing about um, uh, this past 50 years? Things have changed quite a bit. And even in China, because of population issue, they had a one-child law. And after, if you have more than one child, you get severe fine or legal problem. And even other Asian countries would... Idealism was a two. Whether a boy or two, a boy or a girl, have two. And starting with in Eastern Europe, postmodern and post-Christian world, the uh, the rise of uh, uh, feminist movement, but also this changing culture, many young couples chose a lifestyle without children. We would rather have good time with each other and traveling, and self-actualization. Of course, when you have a good job, when you have a baby, when you're pregnant, from woman's point of view, it it could look like a hindrance, because other other men are all in in that. From employer's point of view, oh, we just trained the person, and she's now valuable. And she wants to have a baby. Oh, we cannot legally fire her. But somehow pressure her. It's better for you to stay home. Don't come back. And we we will reveal even more. In in a few minutes. God's persecution. Perspectives radically different. In every society, across all culture, most fundamental unit is family. Within that family, the most important aspect is fatherhood and motherhood. But motherhood, we're going to talk about fatherhood in Father's Day, on Father's Day next month, but motherhood is a special component, which creates most fundamental, basic human security and safety, and and all types of mental illness can come from detet- attachment disorder when the baby is born. Next, from the birth to the point that few weeks and some, some, some psychology will say the first four years or five years, the most crucial year, almost everything is determined by that environment. We should think about the privilege and uh, dream of this calling. It's not a hindrance. That doesn't mean it's a blanket statement that, oh, you know, every career woman should quit the job. There is a way because even when you think about male-dominant society, it's due to, because, because of men's depravity, right? So, is male dominance supported by the scripture? Not at all. So when you think about um, equality between man and woman, it's God the Son and God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, uh, equal in many, all aspects. But equality doesn't mean identity. Being equal doesn't mean being same, identical. There is a complementariness of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, three persons in one God. Third question: Is is it a role filled with unachievable expectations in the real world? I I, I have a double meaning on this question. Number one, let's go with just this, uh, predominantly just mainstream culture, secular culture, Christians or not. Because of Instagram, because of um, online, and many, well, Facebook also too, and because of people like Martha Stewart. What it means to be a mom is portrayed in a, way, in a way that you have to be a superwoman. I still remember the time that when we are married, in the very first year, um, Kate. Kate's mom is an incredible cook. Her touch has a special, I mean, it's one of the best kimchi's that I ever had. I still do think her kimchi is the best. But her dish is just incredible. And then her Kate's uh, small idealistic dream was when she gets married, she'll improve her cooking. But she, her pasta was good. But her Korean food... they <laughs> go, oh, this tastes really good. What is this? And she will say, you don't even know what it is. So, uh, I I saw her her despair. She kept on trying, Uh, when it comes to Korean food, she couldn't do anything like her mom's. And then, when you think about Instagram and all that, you have to be best mom at school, supporting your kids. And helping homework. What if you're not good at math, and you 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 beat yourself because the third grade or fourth grade, and uh, I, I don't know, right? Uh, what about what about the uh, like fashionable? Now that your mom, it's hard to keep in shape. Oh, the best moms, the super moms, they work out and they have toned muscle. <laughs> and fashionable. It's expensive. It, that has an unachievable side of it. Unrealistic expectation. What about Christian side? As I mentioned, Proverbs 31 has a list. Oh, if that's what it means to be a godly woman, godly mom, I don't think I could never be. Christian life is Christ centered. Christ centered means grace living. Because gra- grace given to each one of us through Christ, in Christ, means that it's okay that we are not okay because Jesus is okay. So, within that context, I want us to think about the high calling. Let's start with the God's perspective, not today's changing perspective. <clears throat> I want to start with this passage, Isaiah 49:15 through 16. This is the God himself, the Lord himself speak to Israelites in exile. Verse 15, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb. Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. Your walls are continually before me. God's perspective simply is unlike the changing world, God views motherhood in such a high esteem. As a matter of fact, there is a two sides of it, but let's say the uh, apparent one first, the unlike side. Mother's love is most like, so much like, God's undying love. Hence mother's high calling begins with loving her children with her innate, God-given, motherly love. We have four children, four sons. So I've seen and witnessed Kate not only becoming mother, Nursing that each child breastfeeding, and I had no idea I thought it was everything works in the world medically. I had no idea a woman goes through so much pain. I still remember several times she almost gave up because it didn 't work the The, the child would not latch on and and it will hurt you know physically and after trial, after trial, and she will do that. But looking at my wife feeding my son each time, there was a glorious just snapshot of, wow, this is really seems to be supernatural thing happening. The attachment that is going on. Her eye Looking at the child and the, the connection that mother and, oh, no wonder the security happened because of that attachment. Can a woman forget her nursing child on her breast? No way, thousand times no. Physiologically, that is impossible. Oh, on, on top of that, I, I learned this too. Um, forgive me if I don't have the right a- language the more you give your milk to the, to the child, the nurse the more milk is provided produced in your body so there is a point that if you don't feed the baby again it hurts, you have to take the milk out somehow It's a reminder. There's no way that a nursing mother can forget the child. And it goes on. uh, God says, can she have no compassion on the son of her womb? The implication is clear. This is innate, God-given, inborn. Because of God has given special kind of love to mothers. I've seen my mom did incredibly sacrificial things. Things that I would not understand. And we would all understand that. But she has stories like during Korean War. That her mom... Was a single mom, who barely got some bread, and then she will give it to her children, my uncles, and my my aunts, and my my mom. But a handful of of bread. That she got from somebody. Well, what about her? She's is she not hungry? Of course she's hungry. But it's as if it's almost given the fact that children first. I think that is really innate, God given. The false call, first calling, high calling, of God given tasks in motherhood is love the children the way God loves them. There is an aspect of my, fathers, even we where. Um, a mister mom's head hat we cannot do and i'm going to talk about fatherhood there is a aspect of that mothers cannot play fathers as well in some sense this is a message in itself very clear so we could just end here But if you look at this passage, there is more. Actual end point of God the Lord is making is not only mother's love is alike, but mother's love is also unlike God's love. In what sense? Even these nursing mothers may forget. How is that possible? Because of depravity of humankind. There's child abuse. There's a neglect of children, young age, by moms. Abandonment of infants. Almost impossible from our point of view. If you're normal, you can't do that. But there is a cases that we may forget. But God says, yet I will not forget you. What does that mean? Then the high calling of motherhood involves leading her children to be shaped by by God's love which is far beyond her motherly love. In other words, if we just love our children without God's love, without thinking about God's nurturing of her uh, children's spiritual development, it is incomplete. So in a sense, we could say God's fuller calling. But I, I want to clarify what I mean by God's fuller. God doesn't have a; uh, his calling for non-Christian mother and the Christian mother. God's calling is one for all mothers. But because of fallenness of human nature, we have neglected the part of the calling. The high calling is an entire, inclusive, comprehensive one. But as a Christian, we should think about loving our children more than with our human motherly love is actually fuller God's calling. That's what I mean. From biblical example, who were behind these godly men and women in the Bible? The answer is clear. Godly mothers who love them, who love the children beyond their innate motherly love. Jacob was mother of Moses. Hannah was mother of Samuel, the prophet. Bathsheba was mother of Solomon, the wisest king. Mary, mother of Jesus. Elizabeth, mother of John the Baptist. Eunice, mother of Timothy. Lois, mother of Eunice, a grandmother of Timothy. We don't know from today's scripture, as we are focusing on these two We don't know Lois is either Eunice's mother or Eunice's mother-in-law. But it doesn't have to be clear on that. Because the role that played was the high calling of mother. So let's take that example and draw at least three principles from there. But prelude to that, let's remember this, uh, the basic things God is calling our moms, the moms in our church and everywhere, is to love their children with innate God's given motherly love, which provides us security and care. But today's uh, scripture, uh, Jay read, uh, Second Timothy 1 3 to 5, reveals the first principle. Verse 3, it says, I thank God whom I serve, this is Paul, Apostle Paul writing to his uh, protege, mentor, and spiritual son, Timothy, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. The first principle of high calling is a mother's calling. High calling is to impart her faith to her children by modeling and prayer in everyday life. Maybe this is the first and foremost important principle that we should remember today. Because the changing world tells us the mother's first and foremost important duty is to make sure your children get the right education going to the white school, going to best college they could ever go to, provide all the resources for their education. And yet, God's perspective is, no, that's temporal. The eternal thing is your faith. The less we think that this imparting faith is something that we do to our children. Think about what, how Apostle Paul mentioned a faith that dwell first in your grandmother Lois. In other words has nothing to do with doing to someone, but it is about faith. Things are more caught than taught. Isn't, isn't it a problem? in the typical Christian family. You know, the PK syndrome, pastor's kin syndrome, or meth, Mk syndrome, missionary syndrome, is always the way where kids have a problem with the duplicity. My pastor ba- father teaches something, but then yet he does something else. So I'm not sure whether this faith is real. I I am, and you know, along with Kate, we are the first one we're preaching to ourselves. But every Christian family is like that. The legacy of sincere faith is far more valuable than anything else in God's eyes for growing children. In so doing, let's remember this. The grace principle, grace living, is that it's not because we're perfect. I think the most dangerous thing is we're trying to portray our best side, best, best faith to our children. It's uh, inauthentic. I think the best example is to put it simply, sincere faith. What is sincere faith? Guileless, honest, transparent, authentic pursuit of God. This message made me Think about my mom and my grandma, and my gratitude for them and affection for them have grown over the week. And we're going to see them, get together with them this afternoon, and I, I will. I wrote in the card, but I'm going to express that one thing I'm most grateful for is their pursuit of God. Some of you guys don't know my wild teenage years. So Let me just say that my old friends in elementary school years and junior high years, when they get together with me, they find out that I became a pastor. They get shocked. Because I used to be known as a kid getting to fight a lot. I was rough. The gangs that I uh, hung out with was all these the athletic teams and martial arts. And the one value that was superseding than anything is who's tougher. Of course, I had a Christian faith growing up. So I think about during my 12, 13, 14 years, most crucial days, I almost became... One of those guys who i mean left the church who get into this gang and all kinds of things, but one thing that kept me it's almost like an invisible thing that I, I I cannot go further than this is a picture of my mom praying, the sound of my grandma singing hymns, a picture of day and night, that she will read my grandma reading scripture. I couldn't defend my faith, but I knew that I could not not deny the existence of Holy God. And to this day, my pastoral ministry is most impacted by their example, not their preaching at me. And some of you uh, heard this you know, over and over, bear with me. Uh, my grandma, when she got sick and she was wearing an oxygen mask 24-7, and she couldn't even go to church. And in the middle of the night, about 2, 30, or 3 o'clock, I want to go to the bathroom, and I will hear a murmuring sound in the living room. It's my grandma praying. She's not praying for the evangelization of the world. She's praying because of her pain. And she's hanging on to, leaning to God. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. And some where on, along the line I hear my first name. She's praying for me. During my uh, free fall times when I was resigning and making a just drastic change, all most severe alteration of my life about 12, 13 years ago. I was in Deep distressed. I couldn't sleep well. Then my mom would call me. How are you doing? In my prayer. In my dream. I saw you calling me out. Son. Tell me what's going on. I was just perplexed. You know. This is a little too spooky. I don't believe these kind of things. right? But my mom said. I will pray for you. Tell me what you need. Mom, pray for this. I'm really dying. I'm not doing well spiritually. I'm not doing well emotionally. Would you pray for me that I will make the right decision? From these days also to whenever we want to go on a retreat, I still remember on the way to retreat, oh, I forgot to ask my mom for prayer. So I would call, Mom, we're going on a retreat. Would you pray for us? Oh, of course. This modeling and prayer, I think this might be helpful before we move on to the next point. Uh, lest we think that because our primary calling is to love our children with God-given innate motherly love, that we focus on our children only Then what we are missing is modeling Christian faith prescribed and guided by scripture. Paul in another letter to Titus, another his protege spiritual son in chapter 2 verse 3 to 5 general instruction to the church we could have a glimpse of this heart and directions he writes in verse 3 all the women likewise are to be reverent in behavior not slanderers or slaves to much wine they are to teach what is good and to train young women to love their children no love their husbands first and children, and to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive, submissive to their husband, that the word of God may not be reviled. So in terms of modeling at home, the way we treat moms, treat her husband, is critical component of the foundational faith. Oh, I, I don't care about my husband anymore. Because he doesn't listen to me anymore. So I'm just going to focus on my my, my children. I, I love them. I pray for them. I hang out with them. I do everything. It's almost like you become. Cho- choosing to be single, single mom. No that's not a right. Modeling. The most. Well balanced spiritual development of a child. The child grows up, has the biblical example in real life. Christian home is husband and wife love each other. They work at their marriage, each other. Not everything's, once again, perfect. Their fight. For joy in God in their marriage is real. Second aspect of high calling is to set, saturate her children with the Word of God from their early childhood. Now this time, the chapter three, verse fourteen through fifteen, he writes, Paul writes, but as for you, continuing what you have learned. And have firmly believed, knowing from, your, from, knowing from whom you learned it, from uh, Eunice and Lois, his grandmother and uh, mother, and how from, your ch- from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, i.e. Scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So Eunice and Lois, Timothy's mother and grandmother taught Timothy scripture from infancy. By the way, where is the father? The only information we have is Timothy's father was Greek, not Jew. So can we imply, is that an implication he might not be a good believer at all? Could be, or he could be a believer. But the important thing is, in spite of this, I think this is, in a way, encouraging for encouragement to single moms in our church as well. Because this is possible. Even though, despite it's difficult without doing teamwork with the husband. That saturating her children was intentional. And it was a planned way and is a way of life. And if really Scripture is indeed the inspired Word of God that supersedes all authorities, this is such a critical tool for our children. I want you to know that. our our Children's Ministry at Crossway Crossway Kids and I'm (coughs) glad Jamie had this plan without my prompting want to continue to practice this and their vision by the way which coincides with what we're preaching on and what our Crossway vision is in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 through 9 And you shall they shall be as fontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the door posts of your house and in your on your gates. In other, in other words, this is a picture of saturation. So they have a plan of this. Uh, I think next month, Jamie. Psalm twenty three. They're encouraging the entire family with your children to memorize and then at the end of that season uh, they want to make sure uh, there's a time of a celebration. You know, words, the whole family memorizes in front of them. We'll probably put it in a uh, camera and we could have another video celebration like that. But this is a way of doing it but we need to be more proactive on our own end. Moms at Crossway, can I encourage you? Would you make a turn? (coughs) I know you are proactive about helping schoolwork and homework and, and planning for the talking to school counselor and the next phase of their education. Would you make a turn to prioritize your motherhood and saturating your children? Write down some verses that has been <coughs> meaningful to you on your wall, everywhere, without forcing them, without making them angry. There are some Bible verses that I memorized with my mom when I was third grade or fourth grade, it still stays on. Third and last, a mother's high calling is also to in- train her children to be godly men and women of God who are equipped for every good work. Verse 14 starts with, but as for you continue in, in what you have learned and, and have firmly believed. And Paul basically points to what that is. Verse 16, all scripture is breathed out. By God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the men and, and woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. <coughs> men and woman of God is not necessarily preachers only, not necessarily missionaries, full-time people in ministry, but every Christ follower. the ultimate aim and the privilege that God has given moms is to produce godly men and women. First, through the innate motherly love. Second, modeling and prayer. Imparting faith. Saturating third, the word of God. And intentional training of that. And I think um, it would be awesome to think about that some of you would have some questions. I've been dialoguing and training my, my son and my daughter this way. But they had asked some questions too difficult for me. What this passage means or not. I think I could sit with you hours with you on that. That will be a music to my soul. How will you train your children to be ready for the completely secularization of our university? Godless. God is absent in their worldview. Isn't that why most college? Students who are, who have grown up in the church, majority of them struggle with their faith, and sometimes many of them leave the church. I conclude with Charles Spurgeon's quote. In spite of the fact that he lived in the 1800s, he's still known as most influential prince of preachers he, his, his manuscripts of his sermons are still impacting including me uh, he speaks of his own mother in a similar way but he writes about on the topic uh, as if he's writing to the mother Spurgeon writes oh dear mothers you have a very sacred trust reposed in you by God he hath in fact said to you Take this child and nurse it for me, and I'll give thee thy wages. You're called to equip the future man of God, that he may be thoroughly furnished into every good work. If God spares you, you may live to hear that pretty boy speak to thousands, and you will have the sweet reflection in your heart that the quiet teachings of the nursery led the man to love his God and serve him. Those who think that a a woman detained at home by her little family is doing nothing, think the reverse of what is true. Scarcely can the godly mother quit her home for a place of worship, but dream, not that she is lost to the work of the church, far from it, She is doing the best possible service for her Lord. Mothers, the godly training of your spring is is your first and most pressing duty. Christian women, by teaching children the Holy Scriptures, are as much fulfilling their part for the Lord as Moses in judging Israel or Solomon and building the temple. Amen to that. And my prayer for each one of our, our moms at Crossway is not to take this high calling as dutiful burden or unrealistic things because the best example, once again, is that when you are transparent, when you fail, you <clears throat> ask for forgiveness from your children and you share your vulnerable side with children in some, some very authentic way so that they could see that faith is not a, some type of perfection but grace living. The one that who carries is not your volition or strong will but the sovereign grace of God who holds your hand to be godly woman, an influencer on your children. To that end, I pray, and I I will cheer every day for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the clarity of your scripture. We honor and revere the high calling of the motherhood, and teach us not to lose a in the in the midst of this changing world and values. Help us to restore this simple truth of value and dignity and the high calling of motherhood in our church and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.